Good morning, everyone. I, uh, I love cell phones and I hate cell phones. Can anybody agree with that? I love cell phones. I hate cell phones. And uh, it's been kind of fun uh, sitting back there and getting little messages from uh, Jeff. Jeff says he wants me to sit, turn this around so that he can see you all. So, oops. So, there we go. Can you wave at Jeff? Wave at Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Ooh, oh, wait a minute. There's over here, over here, over here. I don't want to knock everything down. Okay, we're back. Okay, now we can wave over here. Yoo-hoo. All right, there we go. So, uh, Jeff also asked uh, if Sharon could come up and stick her tongue out at him. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Jeff, you want to quickly type on this? Here, tell me. Jeff says he wants you to come over and stick your tongue out at him. I am, God is my witness, and so is her cell phone. Do not delete that one. Come on. Oh, there you go. He's sticking. Okay, look at your phone. Terrifying picture. Okay. Now I can feel, I can move on. You see what I'm saying? Cell phones are a wonderful thing and a terrible thing. Okay depending on whether Jeff wants you to stick his tongue out at him or not. <coughs> All right. Well, let's, let's get on with uh, not the silliness, but uh, uh, some announcements this morning. Uh, first announcement is, uh, barring any more unforeseen sicknesses in the Compton home, we seem to be bug-free. Tomorrow night, we will have college age group, and we'll host the, uh, I know Gabe, you're going, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're all saying that. But but Lord willing, and uh, the bugs don't rise, that we will uh, we will be having a college age group tomorrow night at the Compton House. We're having, we're hosting as well and assimilating uh, the young people from Alvador. And well, they're sweet, sweet, sweet young people. They're great. I've enjoyed working with them, and they're excited about coming over and and, and growing in fellowship. Uh, of the saints. So I'm excited about that as well. So tomorrow night, 545, dinner, and then we'll have a little bit of uh, lessons. So uh, annual men's meeting next Sunday, annual men's meeting. I want to say once again, I'm so thankful for the men that gathered together about a month ago and and reviewed uh, the remuneration for the old preacher. And uh, I was very blessed. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but we're working on a budget now, and I want you to see what the budget is. You gave uh, a charge to me and to Jeff uh, to sit down and look at spiritual and physical needs of the body of Christ. We've done that. We have a template that we want to share with you in regards to uh, a budget moving forward to to address some things that haven't been addressed. And so uh, I'm excited to share that with you. So men's meeting uh, next Sunday right after uh, assembly. And also too... We have these wonderful new calendars. And so if you want to grab one going out, notice I always like a color theme. This is blue for ice and snow. So just so you know. And I don't know where this black background came from. I must have been asleep at the wheel when that happened. It wasn't supposed to be marble and not black. So anyway, anyway, it's got all the good information there that you'd want. Also, we will soon have uh, the cover letter and the registration form, and the information sheet for Oregon Family Camp. If you want to get a head start, uh, go to uh, our Facebook and our webpage. They are available there. They should have been sent out to you, by the way, uh, if you're uh, on Facebook uh, uh, for the Pleasant Mill Church of Christ. If not, 
we'll give you the hard copies. I like to live in a hard copy world, so we'll have those next week. You want one? Amen. Okay, a hard copy world. All right. I'm a concrete sequential, so that's probably why. Oh, I hear there's a gingerbread house party. Did I get this right? A gingerbread house party uh, at Tamara's house next Saturday at 3 p.m. Now, my question is, is can you eat them as you build them? Okay, your, your gingerbread house will look kind of weird if I were helping you. So you're not allowed to help either. Okay, now we know why. <laughs> <laughs> now, the only good gingerbread house is one that doesn't break your teeth when you eat it. Can I get an amen on that one? I don't know about you, but I've tried to eat some of those, and they're just vile because they're like, like concrete. So anyway, moving on rather quickly. Uh, one last thing I want to share with you is, is that it's important for us to recognize that a sickness comes on your family. I so appreciate you not coming and sharing it. And so many are not here today because they are kind enough not to share it. But we do hope that you'll join us. Many people are joining us today, I think because of all the sickness that's going around. So thank you very much uh, for those of you reviewing. Why do I say that? We really do want people present because, as you recall, the Greek word and the Hebrew word, both of them, the power of presence means face-to-face. In the, in the New Testament, it has the word optic in it, meaning eyeball to eyeball. Have you ever noticed when people meet each other, it's eyeball to eyeball, and there's power in that presence. And so uh, we're thankful you're here this morning. We're thankful for those who might not be feeling well who are joining us. Appreciate that so much. So any other announcements that I might have missed? I don't have a birthday list up here. I should have a birthday list burned into this podium. Anybody have a birthday coming up this week? Anybody online have a birthday coming up this week? There's lots of folks online. We appreciate you joining. Okay. Any, do you see anything? Are oh, you looking? Do we have a birthday? You, we do have a birthday list. Second week in January? Okay. All right. So I'm not going to sing happy birthday to anybody today. So there you go. All right. Hey, we do have a couple of uh, words of... Oh, oh, wait a minute. Charlotte, is it your birthday coming up this week? All right, Charlotte. So I think you're a couple years older than 29. 32, maybe? 33? Okay, we're singing happy birthday. I'm sorry, what was that? Three? Three? Okay, there we go. Anyway, happy birthday this week. All right, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Woo-hoo! All right. Well, there we go. I guess I am singing happy birthday to somebody this week. Thank you, Cynthia. All right. Well, here's some uh, a quick words of encouragement. Justine, so great to see you in assembly this morning. Uh, your smile brightens the room and your hugs are the best. I'm thankful that your family is uh, out of the quarantine, out of all of that crazy sickness. It's awesome. So, uh, Miriam, you are such an encouragement to me. You're so fun and generous 
and you make me smile. I adore you. All right. And I think you'll know who that is when you see all the hearts on it and everything. Miriam, right there. Okay. Good job, Braxton. Thank you very much. Uh, I have no more, except I do have a word of encouragement for Eric. I don't know about you, but many of the men who come up and speak use excellent illustrations in illustrating a point. And believe it or not, Eric, that one about the birds, some people have no clue what you're talking about. But you know how many times I've been just bit scared spitless, walking quietly, waiting for Bambi, and all of a sudden, <laughs> the woods blow up with those birds. I'm telling you what, it's, I won't even go how fearful I have been, how scared I have been. But that is kind of sad what you're staring about, how the world has gone. You know, and that's really a beautiful, beautiful way to start this morning. You know, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we made a choice many, many years ago. We chose Jesus over the world. Remember when you confessed Jesus as your Lord and you were baptized, immersed into Christ, buried with him, raised with him to walk in newness of life. That was, that was the most important decision you have ever or will ever make in your life. I did that too, as you well know. You probably can quote the date. I've shared it so many times but I didn't really know what I was getting myself into. I didn't really know that every day I had to choose him. In every conversation, I had to choose him. Now, when I say had to, that's a choice as well. You don't have to choose him if you don't want to. But we do have a choice in this world. You know that covey of birds that blows up because of fear? We can be those people if we choose to fear man. We choose to fear things in this world. This world is passing away. The things in this world are passing away. The, the philosophies of man, the great leaders of the world, they're all passing away if they're not in Christ Jesus. You know, there's only one unshakable kingdom. There's only one immovable rock. There's only one whom we should fear. And so my prayer is as we go throughout this year, we'll take a look at the question, who do we really fear? And this morning, we're going to look at, at Matthew in chapter 10. We're going to look at the passage of scripture that's one of the anchor verses. And I have to share with you that the fear of God is multifaceted. It is not just being terrified of falling into the hands of the living God. Now, I've come to realize something. You know, a lot of churches, when I say that, I say that loosely, a lot of churches use fear, terror of God, terror of not following church, church protocols, both spoken and unspoken. They use fear to keep people in line. They use fear to get people here. They get, use fear to keep people here. They use fear to shake them out. They use fear. I pray that you have recognized that I have chosen not to do that over the years. I won't do that. Is there a place for the terror of falling into the hands of the living God? Yes, there's a place for that. When someone comes to a recognition that they're not in Christ, absolutely. That is an appropriate place for you to realize that you're outside of Christ. 
and not to, not to run because you're running in the wrong direction. You should run to the one who gave his life. You should run to the one that has given himself for you rather than running away. And so my prayer is, is that we would recognize that the fear of God is so much greater. How many have heard this Bible verse before? Perfect love casts out fear. Have you heard that one before? Do you know where it's at? First John chapter four, love, 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 love of God and for each other. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out the fear of God's judgment because if you love him perfectly, knowing that he loves you perfectly, if you love him perfectly, you do not need to fear because you are by faith loving the one who loves you more. Have you ever seen those, those cute little cards? Love you more. Love you to the moon and back. Well, yeah, well, I love you to the end of the stars and back. Oh, yeah, well, I love you to eternity and beyond. Oh, no, that's Buzz Lightyear. Sorry. The, I love those things. But the reality is, is you'll never outlove God, but he calls you to love him more and most. Perfect love casts out fear. I always want to end when we do a lesson on speaking of that truth. And you know what's really beautiful as we go through the many facets of, of the fear of God? Only one of them has to do with terror. One of them has to do with loving him more than anyone or anything. One of them has to do with loving his word more than anything. One of them has to do is with loving, this is the fear of God now, we'll see scriptures that prove this, loving his kingdom, his family. That's a part of the fear of God. Do you know a part of the fear of God is to be in awe and adoration of his greatness as our one and only blessed sovereign. I don't know about you, but I'm telling you what, the fear of God is so much bigger than I ever thought. And as I've been going through every Bible verse, I've been quantifying them. You can come and look at, oh, you know, verses about the fear of the Lord. This one is really a great one. It's one of the biggest ones uh, of all the lists. The blessings for those who fear the Lord. You mean there's blessings for those who fear the Lord? I thought it was all damnation and condemnation. No, it has very little, but only a small part. If you choose not to be faithful, if you choose not to love him and love something else or someone else more. See, uh, the curse, uh, uh, the curse in not fearing the Lord. That's in there. I only have one Bible verse. Now there's more than that. The curse in the fear of man. I got several of those. See, so, so notice when we, when we start to label and quantify and look at, you know what? The terror of the Lord, yes, should be there if you're living your life for yourself as a Christian even, but the reality is, is perfect love the fear of the Lord that produces the love of the Lord, the on adoration is really what I want to get to. So I'm never going to make you come to church. I'm never going to guilt you if you don't. I won't. If I write a note, hey, I really miss you, it's not to guilt you as sometimes that's leveraged in other churches. I won't do that, okay? I really do miss you. So very important that we recognize what we're about to launch into. So this morning, let's turn to the book of Matthew and chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. 
And as we read this, it might bring a little fear and trepidation, but I, I do want you to realize that the fear of the Lord is much more than just a terror of his judgment, so much more. Matthew chapter 10, beginning in verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a slave above his master. It's enough for the disciple that he become like his teacher and a slave like his master. If they, were, if they have called the head of the house uh, Beelzebul, which means uh, a ruler of demons, the devil, how much more will they uh, malign the members of his household? Of course, speaking of us. Therefore, do not fear them, for there's nothing uh, concealed that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be made known. What I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. What you hear whispered in, the, in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your heads are numbered. And so do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny him before my father who is in heaven. Do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I came to set a man against his father, a daughter against his mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be uh, the members of his household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who has found who he has found his life will lose it, and he who has lost his life for my sake will find it. Sounds pretty grim. Actually, that's not grim at all. And I'll show you why it's not grim. It's your perspective on how you look at it and receive it. Let's pray. Father, we just ask that you would help us to use this as a tool to realize that there are some realities that uh, are unalterable. And as disciples of Christ, once we understand that they're unalterable, then we know how to get a handle on it and how to deal with it faithfully. We love the scripture that says, perfect love casts out fear, but I love the scripture also that says that as a new creation, it's all about faith working through love. Father, if we're faithful, we'll recognize your sovereignty. We'll recognize the sovereignty of your son, Jesus Christ. And we will, in great awe and adoration and worship, give ourselves fully to loving and serving you. And so this morning, I pray it will become clear what these five uh, unalterable realities are for us as your disciples, but Father, then how we are to respond to those things that are unalterable. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So if you take your note sheets out, if you have them, if you don't, uh, I could get one for you really quickly. Anybody need a note sheet? Anybody need a note sheet? We all got note sheets? Okay, here we go. Facing the realities of a true disciple. You know, when I became a Christian, I didn't know these true realities. I wish someone would have said, wait, wait, before you make this decision, you need to know there's five unalterable realities in your life as a disciple of Christ. 
Now, would I have been immersed? Well, I was so sick and tired of my sin, I probably would have said absolutely yes. Now, what are they? Here's the first one out of the first couple verses. We're going to be hated by evil people. I don't like to be hated. I want everybody to like me. I'm serious, I do. I want everybody to like me. But the reality is that evil people are going to hate you. Can I suggest that people really do hate the church? You want to know why? Because we cramp their style. When we stand up and say an unborn child is a human being from the moment of conception... In Psalms 139, it clearly teaches in verse 13 that you and I were given our individual, unique personhood at the moment of conception and to voluntarily choose to end that human life for whatever reason. That's murder. You're saying even in the case of rape, you know what? That woman had no choice in that. It happened. But now she has a choice with that little one, what is she going to do? You see, it's important for us to recognize and understand that when we stand up for something, people are going to hate us. They're going to hate us. And so it's important for us to realize that because when you stand for the truth, people are going to hate you. Evil people are going to hate you. When we talk about there is only one proper use of marital intimacy. There's only one context in which marital intimacy should be expressed. Can I get an amen on that one? There's only one. Now, there are a million other options, but they're destructive to the individual that will participate them, and they're destructive to those who are involved, friends, loved one, and whatnot. Destruction. And so it's important for us to say, okay, this is how I choose to live my life. Now, Do other people have other choices? Well, of course. When they choose those choices, it breaks my heart because I know what's coming in their life. Destruction. It breaks my heart to see it. But unfortunately, people would choose that. So when we make a stand, and we don't have to preach it, we just live it, people are going to hate us. If you haven't noticed, a lot of the legislation that has been Uh, you know, pounded through both state and national legislatures. They're really a tool to be used to crush the church and the voice of the church to proclaim the gospel. If you haven't noticed that, you will see that is true. Now, the second fear or the second reality is fear is real. Fear is really real. The fear of man is real. The fear of suffering is real. The fear of death is real. It's all real. The fear of an economic collapse, that's real. It's all real. Now, because it's real, we have a choice on how to respond to it, how to deal with it. We can be, as it were, (laughs) like the birds, or we can go to the rock that is unshakable, immovable, and build our life on Jesus Christ. And that's what this is really all about. So we need to recognize fear is real. Matthew uh, 10, 28 speaks of that. Well, take a look at uh, Jesus is Lord, the only sovereign. There is no other sovereign. 
You know, have you read the Psalms where it says, God sits on his throne and laughs at all those who are making these great plans. He laughs. He goes, are you kidding me? He's just like this on judgment day. I mean, just, in fact, that's, that's exaggerating. He's not even he's just going to go, gone. We need to recognize and realize that the righteous man or woman, the one who's striving faithfully, will be protected. You say, what about all those guys being martyred? Guess what? They are home now. And in that time, they chose, if they chose wisely, to exemplify the death of Jesus Christ. Remember what was just read today by our brother Scott. I want to know him. See? The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. If I have that opportunity, my prayer for myself has been, Lord, help me to exemplify the great love of your son Jesus Christ and as Stephen also did, so that people could see the reality of who Christ is. And so it's important for us to recognize Jesus is the only true sovereign. And I give you a scripture there to take a look at. I hope you do. Fight the good fight of faith, Paul says. You made the good confession in front of many witnesses. Stand firm. And then he goes on and says, continue to be in subjection to the the blessed and only sovereign, Jesus Christ, our Lord. True discipleship means war. Well, take a look, Matthew chapter 10 and verse uh, uh, 34. I did not, do not think I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You're saying, you mean we're supposed to go to war with our family? Nope, that's not what I'm saying. Love your mom, love your dad. Love them with the love of Christ. Love your wife. Love your husband. Love your kids. Love your in-laws with the love of Christ. But I have to share with you, when you will not buckle to their demands for you to be conformed to their whims, their desires, guess what? War is on. You love them like Jesus, but just know that Jesus loved those soldiers and what they do to him. Jesus loved his Jewish brethren and what they do to him. He wouldn't compromise. Just a real quick story. We had Christmas, we had Christmas on Sunday this year, didn't we? Didn't we? Not Christmas on Sunday. And so I said, okay, let's let's not do Bible class. Because, you know, the kid's opening the stockings, you know, it's, it's a pretty important thing. And, and in the evening, well, family dinner, you know, that's important. Family's important. But I said, let's just do Lord, or the assembly, right? And I know it's kind of wonky because it's not normal. Oh, no, we're not in the groove of the schedule, right? It was for me anyway. But when I did that way back when, when I was a young Christian, I first started preaching, and we had a Lord's Day assembly on Sunday, we had Lord's Day assembly and my mom and my dad were expecting us up there. And I said, Mom, I, I, I'm preaching. We, you know, the family, the church family. And she, man, blasted me. I thought I taught you better than that. I thought I taught you families first. And I said, Mom, you did. My family is my physical family, my my wife and my sons, and my family is the church family. Yes, you're my family too, but now I got three families to juggle. 
and tried to, you know, change that up. Oh, well, that was like war was on. Sadly, didn't have to be that way. See, but I had to decide. Christ first. That was painful. We had offered options, but you know what? Once a family tradition is in place, it's like cement. And if we weren't going to do it that way, then it was evil and wrong. It's like, mom. So I'm sad to say that I know this one verse very well. And that wasn't the only time there was war, sadly. Well, take a look at the last few points here. Discipleship means war, but you know what? We really do need to love Jesus more and most. You know, this, this sounds like we're supposed to hate our father and mother. And it sounds like we're supposed to hate our sons and daughters. And in other verses, husbands and wives. No way, no way. Look, that's absolutely, that's not what he's saying here. He's saying you got to love Jesus most. What was that? How did I put it down here? More and most. That's what he's saying. You know, I would be a terrible husband if I loved Sharon more than I love Jesus. You want to know why? You know why? If I love Sharon more than Jesus, Jesus says to love her at all times. So if I love him and I want to please him, I'm going to love her at all times. And there'll be times when she's not lovable. But vice versa, <laughs> what? I'm not lovable? I know that's for me. <laughs> But the reality is, if you love Jesus first and foremost, you're going to love your wife. You're going to love your husband the way God desires they be loved. And your kids. Now, we know kids are never unlovable. They're always little blessings, right? Yes, of course they are. But that's why God says to love Jesus most. That's, those are absolutes. Now, we got to get a handle on our use of our, our hour and 15 minutes. We're going to finish next week with point number two because we're over time. But there are four unalterable truths about our being a disciple of Jesus Christ. First, people are going to hate us, and they do hate us. And they're even going to bring legislation to make sure they can bring the hate down on us. We need to know that. Don't freak out. It, that's just how it is. It's an, it's an absolute. Look at the next one real quick. Fear is real. Deal with it the way God says to deal with it. The third one, the Lord is sovereign. There is no other. So don't put anyone or anything before him. And then, of course, you know, when you become a Christian, it's war, baby. It's war. It's like jumping into the middle of a war zone. When you come up out of that water grave, and that's why I always share with people, are you ready to go to war? Are you old enough to handle what war's all about? Because that's exactly what happens. Before, you didn't need to worry about it. What? Man, you were fat and happy doing whatever the devil wanted. He didn't care. Go for it. Have fun. Enjoy. And he'd even bless you with all that stuff. Wow. But as soon as you come up out of that water grave, it's go, uh-oh. Another Christ one. I got to whack him or whack her before they go know what's really going on. Okay? That's war. Just know that. That's an absolute. And then finally, 
know that you need to love Jesus more and most. Those are absolutes. As a disciple, those are absolutes. Now, next week, we'll take a look at the second point and see what it says there. The very top, it says, making the right choice as a Christian. And with those five absolutes, that's what we're going to do. So don't lose this lesson plan, although I'll have some extra ones here for you next week. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much. You know, this passage of scripture can be terrifying if you look at it from a perspective of having always been driven by fear. The devil uses fear as a horrible tool to crush people, to, to, to render them immobile in the service of your kingdom. Unfortunately, preachers also use this tool, and it's sick. We need to understand, Lord, that to fear you is much greater than be, to be scared into submission. Father, we don't serve you out of duty and fear. We serve you out of love and devotion. And as we're going to see, to fear you is to love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Help us, Father, to grow in our understanding of what it means to fear God. I know there will be preachers that would reject what I'm going to teach, but I pray that you go back to the scripture and see that this truly is what the fear of God is. Empowering people to be faithful in love in their service to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. What did Jesus say? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do it. Let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.